Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. What is up? It is your boy, Johnny Mags, back at you once again for another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am joined, as always, with Dan Garcia. And tonight we are here at uh, Casa de uh, Johnny Mags. Uh, <laughs> last week we were at your place. Yeah. This week we are at my place. The week before we were at the Curator's. The Curator big-timed us today, so we, it's all good. Yeah, you, know. you guys are going to have to... Um, it happens. You're going to have to make another week, kind of have to survive at least another week without the Curator's Chronicles yeah. this week, guys. So sorry Hopefully about that. Hopefully they can survive it. I know, man. It's it's uh, it's one of the hottest segments of our show. Definitely. So, curator, stop big timing us. All right, so uh, let's get into it right away, man. I mean, uh, it was a good week in Angels baseball if you consider win loss record. Right. Um, but you also got to consider the teams they were playing. But then you also got to consider that you got to beat these teams, right? Right. And, supposed and to beat and these. That teams. was kind of the thing earlier this year was that the fact that they weren't taking advantage of teams like this, where it might be a four game series with a bottom of the rung team but they're splitting the series instead of going three out of one a three and one or or you know sweeping them but i guess better late than never i mean at least it's kind of it gets you kind of excited too to kind of see okay well what could happen next year so yeah and like we talked about last podcast we get to see guys play more often i'm i'm really impressed with uh with arcia um you know man he could hit at home you know and uh He's just a guy who just like it seems like he makes great contact even when he makes outs and I don't know it's 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 fresh to see something like that from the catcher's position, position something we haven't seen from the catcher's position since like you know Mike Napoli and I'm not talking about like home runs I'm just talking right. about a guy who can go up there and maybe get a hit here and there you know Ianetta was okay um, but you know he wasn't anything special and I'm not saying that Arcia is better than Ianetta but I'm just saying you know it's you know, catcher spot. You just hope to get defensive, good defensive numbers. You know, Maldonado, I think, overachieved last year in his offensive, you know, right, stats. Yeah. But you know, uh, Arcia, Fernandez showing up. But we'll talk about the offense uh, when we after we do the weekend review. So let's start off as we do always. We go from podcast to podcast. So last week we recorded on a Friday, and the Angels uh, started that uh, was it a three game set against yeah, the White Sox. Night. Yep, and in Chicago. Yeah, in Chicago, and uh, the first. I mean. We talked about it in the last podcast. Pena took the hill, and he pitched a great again, man. Yeah. Seven innings pitched, seven hits, two runs, no walks, six strikeouts. Right. He continues to impress, you know, especially him being the guy that we didn't ex- we didn't ex- we didn't even know about Felix Pena when this season right. started. Right. I mean, kind of like what we said last week, he's the J.C. Ramirez of this year, yeah. where he kind of comes out of nowhere. He originally was going to be kind of that long man. Uh, in the bullpen, and now, boom, you put him in as a starting role, and then, yeah, he's had his hiccups here and there, but, but for what he is or what he's supposed to do, he's pitching absolutely wonderful. Growing pains, too, and this yeah. is a guy that we picked up, I think, in a trade from the 
Cubs or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and and you got to you got to give you know Epler credit. I mean, he picked up a guy who no one whatever who is who, beginning exactly. And look, he's got you know pitching in in games and started off pitching two three innings and now he's pitching up to seven innings. So great start from Pena. Otani in this game hit a three run home run. He continues to stay hot in this game. That was his nineteenth home run of the season. Yep. A new record for a Japanese rookie. Right, born um, rookie. Yep, nineteen home runs. Uh, Simba also had a home run. The Angels won this game five to two. Overall, I mean, a pretty well balanced game for the Angels. Yeah, exactly. You know, you got you give two runs overall, but you score five, so it's not like one of those twelve to one games mm-hmm. where it seems super lopsided or a, a thirteen to ten game where everyone's scoring. But you know, a very seven innings out of your starting pitcher, you get two long balls, you win by three runs. Um, exactly, kind of like what you said too—a very all around uh, baseball game. Exactly. So we move on to Saturday's game, and this was. The game you were just talking about. It was a 12-3 to Angels route on the hill. Again, it was Matt Shoemaker. To me, he pitched well. Gave up a lot of hits. He gave up seven hits in five innings. but Still working his way back. But, man, five innings pitched. Didn't look like anything really bothered him. He gave up three runs, one walk, four strikeouts. Pitching a contact just like he does. Right. Um, I'm impressed by the Shoemaker again. It seems like everything's okay with him right now as far yeah. as his arm is and concerned. And he's scheduled to make another start this weekend. So, um I guess the Angels have histories of guys making starts and everything seems okay, and then um, they're missed the next start, which right. ends up turning into a DL stint. But now no. uh, Shoemaker is scheduled to start this weekend, so I'm, you know, going to be his third start since coming back. Yeah, so obviously everything is going good. He's healthy. Good. Um, but you know, Trout with a big oh, five man. RBI uh, game and, and the Angels scoring six in the ninth, it yeah. just kind of blew everything wide open. Five for five game with two home runs in this game right, for yeah. for uh, Trout. Just an absolute. I mean. It's kind of funny talking MVP, and we'll probably talk about it in future podcasts, but the fact that he can miss that much time and still and just, be considered in the top three right now with, with Mookie Betts and, and J.D. Martinez and Trout's like right there, and he's missed all that time. You know, aside from Mookie Betts, I think J.D. – I mean, aside from, yeah, Mookie Betts, I don't think J.D. – I mean, J.D. offensively, definitely. But all-around player, when you look at overall all-around player – I mean, I don't think JD's in the conversation. No, I mean JD's right now is a offensive, DH, just yeah, yeah, DH monster, but he's not playing really playing no. the field at all. And when he is, he's kind of a liability. You also got Jose Ramirez, right, um, from Cleveland that can be in that conversation. But um, yeah, I mean, I think Mookie will probably end up winning yeah, the MVP. Yeah. But the fact that Trout is even in that yeah. conversation after missing all the a whole month, practically. yeah, so. Um, it's just crazy. That he, and then he comes out and has a game like that. Where yeah. five, like you said, five for five, five RBIs, two home runs. Two seasons in a row where Mike Trout misses a considerable amount of time. Who knows where the MVP oh, yeah. battle is. I mean, last year he was just the best player on the planet right. he, before he got yeah, hurt. If he doesn't get hurt these last two years, we're, we could be looking at a, you know, a, a, well, that would be, what, a four-time MVP before yep. he, before he's, what, 28 or and, something like and that? And the home run numbers would have been higher last year. He probably would have had it close in mid-40 range. Same Ooh, thing with yeah. this year. He's at 30-something, 32, 33 home runs. I'm not sure where he's at, but could have easily been already at around 40, 40 home right, runs. exactly. But, all right, so moving on. Angels won that game 12-3, to obviously. Moving on to Sunday's game. Now, from 12-3, to it went from <laughs> a <laughs> offensive explosion to pretty much. struggle. Yeah, it was Angels won the White Sox. There they took the win here. Heaney pitched great, seven, hit, uh, seven innings pitch, gave up three hits, no runs, no walks, struck out 12, 12 guys. That's a career yes. high for Andrew Heaney. That's good because that they, tells you that everything was working for him that day. Right, you know, exactly. his breaking ball was just sliding off the plate. 
uh, change and, things up. Oh, it was perfect. And for a guy that has recently struggled on the road this year, yeah, uh, something like this is you know hopefully if that's a mental thing, hopefully this helps him kind of get over it and, right. and and pitch well on the road. But yeah, you know Cole with the lone RBI of the whole game in the seventh in inning, in the seventh too. inning. So it, it it was definitely a nail biter the whole way through. So. Um, you go from a good game Friday to kind of a blowout on Saturday to another real nail biter mm-hmm. game that, um, you know, as a fan you enjoy whether it's one zero or just something close. It, it, yeah. it's always more enjoyable that I, way. I love uh, you know pitching duels and stuff. Yeah. I love when a pitcher can go out there and shut a team down. So seeing Heaney just pitch great was was awesome to me. Yeah. The the main thing for me on this one was the White Sox jerseys, man. Oh, those are beautiful. Yeah, I think they do that every Sunday. I, I, <sighs> I, I, yeah, the the throwbacks. You know, teams are doing throwbacks on Wednesday, on yeah. Sunday, except for the Angels. Except for the Angels, it kind of makes you wonder like <sighs> why are they missing out on this opportunity. To not only put some of their history out there, but marketing and um, you know putting more jerseys in the in the gift shop for people to buy. I mean, it just seems kind of crazy that they haven't done anything like that in a in a while. Those White Sox jerseys are my favorite jersey. Yeah. It's my favorite jersey of all time. Right. It's by far my favorite jersey. My favorite hat. When I was a little kid collecting baseball cards. I would purposely look for the White Sox cards no, because really, of those jerseys. It's, it's a really, really oh, nice. Just beautiful jersey, yeah. beautiful hat. Um, that's the best thing the White Sox brought to us this weekend. Angels swept <laughs> the series uh, from the White Sox, as they should, like we were talking about, beating teams that they should be beating. Uh, the Angels, obviously, this year, you know, we've, I, I, we're a 500 team. Um, I think we've kind of underachieved uh, this year. Uh, but, you know, you're supposed to beat teams that are – know below you in the standings or, or have a worse record than you and they did and talking about teams that are worse than us in the standings they went on uh monday right away uh ho- here at, at home, home. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play the bottom dwellers of the american league west the texas rangers however they lost this game five to two berea only went three innings he gave up three hits four runs four walks that's a lot yeah uh two strikeouts um joey gatto uh you know got the rangers started quickly the Rangers scored four of their five runs in that second inning, and then the Angels just they just couldn't yeah. come back. You know, offensively struggling this game. They're uh, two two and two for ten, and runners of scoring position have left eleven on base. So, um, you know, this is a struggle that people were seeing earlier in the season. Now, obviously, the streak they were on, you're going to get a game like this every once in a while, so it's not terrible. Um, but you know, they end up responding. You know, the next couple of games, but. Um, these games are going to happen, you know. Maybe if Bray does, uh, Jaime doesn't give up, so maybe only gives up maybe two runs or three runs. Maybe they're able to work it out and maybe be a little more competitive towards the end. But yeah, um, these games are going to happen. It's all about how they respond, and, the, and they respond pretty well. Yeah, you know that game. You know, one inning was what cost us a game. Right. Pretty much, it was one inning. Uh, so moving on to Tuesday's game at the Big A, another close, nail biting game. This is. Uh, it was a bullpen game from the beginning. Yeah, Jim Johnson they, got they, the start. They yeah, they come out right away and and say it's going to be a bullpen game. Yeah. And then when Jim it, when Jim Johnson starts, watch out. Yeah, you're like, what's going on? Um, only offense in this game came off Jose Fernandez, his first major league home run. Yeah, what a way to uh, yeah, what a way to get your first home run. And not to mention too, bullpen game, but also no yeah, hit in, into the eighth inning. Carried so. the no hitter into the eighth inning. So that made it interesting too. Um, Johnson, Ramirez, Robles, Bedrosia, and Anderson, Alvarez, Parker, and Buttry all pitched in this game. Yeah, and all of them were underneath two innings. It's I mean, cr- I think the highest one was an inning and two thirds out of a guy. Yeah, um, I think Ramirez did it. But yeah, I mean, if they would have got this no hitter, it would have been pretty crazy. Because if you, I, I believe, I know, Alien Empire's had a no a combined no hitter with like three guys. Yes, I know uh, the, the Bay Bears, Bay Bears had did. it with. 
four guys, I believe. I know here with four guys. I don't think um, Salt Lake has, but it'd been pretty crazy if three out of the like you know the four major yeah um, divisions or whatever you want to call them teams in their organization had, had through combined no hitters. But yeah, just came up a little short in the eighth inning, but still pretty cool to watch. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, I was watching it there in the eighth, and they got, you know when they brought in Parker, kind of knew the hit was coming. Yeah, but uh, it's all right. Angels got the win. Butcher right. got his first save of his career, but no, his second save of his career. Uh, but it was awesome. Good, good, good bullpen game. The guys came in, yeah. did their jobs and, and each Buttry, inning. And I think too, like you're saying, Buttry, he's he's been really producing yeah. for a guy that they picked up. He's one of the guys they got in the Kinsler trade earlier this year. Right. Um, and I think that trade has worked out beautifully. I, believe, I don't yeah. even know if Kinsler still is back with Boston. Uh, if yet. he is, I checked his numbers about a week ago. He's yeah. like got one home run, twelve yeah, RBIs. Yeah, so it's not anything. Yeah, I mean the Angels can get that production out of Fletcher. I yeah, mean, let's be honest, it's it, not exactly you know world. No, Kinsler was leaving at the end of the year, right? So, but to get these, you know, yeah, uh, guys who are under team control and Butler. I mean, yeah, and Buttry being. So young, too. tremendous upside. Yeah. Yep, great, great trade. Uh, so they won one to nothing. Moving on to Wednesday's game, which was uh, as we're recording now, was last night. The Angels won this one eight to one behind again. Felix Pena going six innings, six hits, no earned runs, one walk, three strikeouts. Uh, continues to impress. But Arcia had a great night in this one. Two home run, two home run game. Yep. Uh, Fernandez also had a home run, his which is a second home, career home run, back to back day. Yeah, so that's consecutive cool. night. So a uh, great uh, win, great night for uh, Arcia. And I was talking about Arcia. Like I think he's a guy, man, who's kind of been a bright spot. You know, one yep. of those guys that got called up out of nowhere, and it's kind of just it's been like a bright spot, man. He, he, he has given an opportunity since you know. Uh, if you look at the beginning of the year, you had. Um, you had Maldonado, you had Rivera, you had Perez at the beginning. Gratterall. Gratterall. I mean, I'm, I'm talking like when you go to spring training. Oh, yeah, Gratterall. Gratterall. I mean, this guy, so if you do that way, okay, what, he was fifth on the list? And yeah, for him, yeah. For him to just get the opportunity and run with it um, makes you feel a little more comfortable that, that the Angels and, and Epler knew what they were doing when they said, okay, well, we can we can, we get can, rid we of can these cut guys. Gratterall or, or, you know, cut him completely we can trade Perez or, or I don't even yeah they traded Perez for like some minor league or maybe even cash um, but then trade Maldonado you know and trade um, and, uh, Rene Rivera so um, very good, you know, beginning of his career, even though he's maybe, I think he's what, 27? A little older. Yeah, yeah a little older, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a good, good time. Good thing seeing him work, work with opportunities given. Um, another thing in this game that stood out to me, Trout um, throwing out the base runner at home. Oh, great. What great, a throw. Great throw. I mean, for as much as credit as he gets offensively, which he deserves, I think this year, definitely this year, he has definitely upgraded his um, defensive, uh, prowess out in the outfield you know he's always kind of been an average to a slightly above average fielder um you know but especially this year with his routes getting to balls and able to uh, throw people out has definitely been upgraded this year and it's very cool to see not only the best player on the angels but best player in baseball doing more to fully evolve his game at at, at a young age absolutely uh like the, the ground that he can cover out in the outfield and then you know he's a kind of guy that works hard all the time at getting better, and I'm sure that he's been working on, you know, his arm, uh, just kind of getting throws, hitting his cuts and stuff like that. And he yeah. can only, man, 27 years old, man. He's been in the league almost almost 10 years. It and, seems like he's been in forever. I know. And then you look at his age, you're like, man, he's still yeah. he's still a young wow. kid. And it's, it's like, crazy. 
Yeah. It's insane. Best player on the planet. Well, anyway, the Angels take the series from the Rangers, two games to one, making the record from podcast to podcast, five and one. Um, just a great week for the Angels as far as, you know, win-loss record. Yeah. Right now, as we're recording, they're playing the, the, the Mariners, who are a much better team. Uh, but, uh, you know. It's, it's good. I like it. I mean, like you said, you beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Uh, Pena had a solid week. I mean, we started the week with him pitching and ended the week with him pitching both um, doing really, really well. I mean, for a guy like we said earlier that kind of started and the idea was have him in the bullpen, he's 2-2 two and two with a, a two seven six ERA in the month of – or since August, so, you know, August to now. Um, you know, and and coming out with about he's been averaging six and a third inning, so he's giving you that that length. Um, but definitely, definitely a guy that uh, the Angels can try to figure out what they're going to do with him next year. Are they going to keep him as a, an emergency starter? Are they going to put him back in the bullpen? Do they flip him for somebody for something, even as minor as it might be? But uh, it'd be interesting to see where he comes in with the organization next year. Yeah, and as you were talking about, you know, he started the week. On Friday, he pitched for the Angels, and then finished yesterday. He pitched yesterday. In those two games, he pitched 13 innings and only gave up two earned runs. Right. In so 13 take, innings. Yeah. Two and zero. Oh. Um, damn. Like you know what I mean? That's right. something coming from a guy, you know, that no one, no one really knew who he was. Who knew who what, he was. What he was going to do for the team. You know, and then considering how he started, was he was a guy who was going to only pitch maybe three innings. Right. And now you he's getting, now you see him getting stretched yeah. out more and doing seven and six innings. Like I said. Since August, he's averaging six and a third innings pitched uh, every start. So definitely giving you a length that uh, the Angels need now, especially more than ever because they have a bunch of bullpen games and everything like that now that when you have a starter out there, you need them to go pretty long. So we go from Pena, pitching-wise, pitching great. Let's talk about the offense. Offense has kind of been picking it up. You mentioned something since Pujols went down. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, P- right? Yeah, Pujols' last game was August 28th, and so I just happened to just look look at the numbers – um, you know, Pools is definitely not what he used to be offensively. I mean, he kind of has a negative, um, uh, negative effect on the base pads, even. Oh, um, and just the, just the team, you know, the points for the points against point differential between uh, when Pools has been out to now is a plus twenty four. So that's really good. Um, and they're averaging four point three runs a game since Albert's been out. So kind of like what we were talking before we we started recording was that. Not only do you get kind of a below-average hitter off out of the lineup, and you can put someone that's average in, um, but now you're not taking away um, at bats from Otani, and you can see that um, Otani is, is slowly picking up steam, slowly picking up steam. Like he is now starting to be um, a force to be reckoned with offensively in the batter's box. Now that he's getting more at bats, because before left-hander come up um, would start, Otani would be on the bench, and Albert would go to DH. But now. That Albert's out now. Otani's full time DH, and you're you're reaping the benefits of it now. Absolutely. I mean, it's just the balance is just completely different. You've got a guy. You've got guys who make contact with Pujols. You you had a guy where it was either a home run or nothing. Pretty much. Let's be honest. It was a home run or nothing. Right. And you know, with a guy like Otani getting more events. Yeah, with Otani getting a lot more bats, you get a lot more contact, you get a lot more productive outs. Even if he, a guy like Otani, or even our, let's 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 say for instance, um, let's say you know Otani, who's at first base. Let's say uh, Fernandez is at first right. base. Okay, so you're switching out Pujols for Fernandez in a situation where Pujols hits a ground ball, fielder's choice, 
right? Mm-hmm. They get the runner out of second. Now Pujols is at first. And that's, I mean, he's you're done. no threat the, yeah. to do anything at all. I Innings mean, done. Fernandez gets on base on a fielder's choice the same way Pujols does. This guy can possibly go first to third on the right, double. Right, exactly. That's what, you know what I mean? was saying, too. If a guy, the next guy hits it in the gap, I mean, he might not even be able to get a double out of it because right. Pujols is going to have to hold that he's second. You're going to have to, yeah. Especially if it's fielded really cleanly, and then that's kind of, it kills your base running Absolutely. ability. So, um, that leads to runs. That leads to just a bunch of different things, statistical stuff that you don't get from Pujols. Right. No, exactly. So. That, he's, he, he is just a guy that at this point, you know, I mean, we talked about it before. We really got to figure out, or the Angels organization has to figure out, what do they want to do, you know, with with Albert? I mean, because his contract is, I mean, I think they still owe like $87 million or some, something crazy like that um, in his contract. But, you know, uh, Fernandez, since the September 1st, so I know we're kind of halfway through September, but he's still batting over 300. He has, like you said, his two home runs. Um, but he's a bottom of the lineup guy. You're not asking a ton out of him. He's getting on base, which is what you want. Um, you know, he doesn't have a ton of RBIs just because he's not put in that situation. But still, he's able to produce a lot more. Um, you know, than Albert was. I mean, at least at least uh, he has a Fernandez does. At least he has a, a positive WAR, and and Pujols is, is I'm guessing in the negative. So um, crazy that, that. <laughs> crazy that you know maybe five years ago, six years ago, Pujols is one of the best players on the planet right. we would be talking about you know him like being a a uh, negative influence on the lineup it's crazy right. to think that you know and the dude getting paid next in the next four years or whatever remaining years of his contract is going to get, be getting paid mike trout money well that's the thing is, too that, oh, that, dude. That's, that's crazy is that now you kind of see the turn mm-hmm. in in these kind of contracts after or in this last uh off season because these guys that are coming on the free agency that are going to be, you know, 33, 34, yeah, they'll probably give you one or two good years. of. And Albert's first couple of years, he did give you, a, you know, really good production. But now you're seeing that it's a deep decline, a steep decline. So now all these guys are going to be free agents this year. I mean, you're going to have to see if what they what they, they bring in because no one's going to want to pay them that, that seven-year deal when they are going to be just, you know, bringing in the money the last four years and not producing nearly anything so that's always going to be a fear uh, going forward we'll see we i mean i think we're adding fuel to the fire right now over the whole Pujols situation uh i just he had surgery on his knee now he had surgery on his elbow but he mentioned to i think mike diagiovanna that he expects to play first base all next year now whether it's that's with the angels or somebody else <laughs> yeah. we don't know we but figure out someone's going to be able to take him. Here's the deal with Pujols, though. Do you can you blame him if he doesn't opt out of this contract? Oh, no, way. you can't. I mean, you can't give. I mean, that's why I'm. He saying. earned this contract. Let's, let's let's be honest. Right. For his career, after the he earned a contract like mm-hmm. this, Angels were just stupid enough to give it to him. <laughs> but you can't blame the guy. You can't expect him to. People are going to be like, oh, he should just retire. He knows he sucks. But no, man. You know what? Angels are back end. Or, you know, backloaded this deal. He's going to get paid thirty plus million dollars per year the last four years of his contract. Would you would you deny it? No, and that's why I'm saying <laughs> the Angels have to sit down and talk to him. Really talk hey, to him and say, "What do you hey, want to do?" We'll give you, you know, X amount of money for f- two years, then. right? Or even say, "Hey, can we say you retired and give you this front office job for right. the next ten years?" Right. And over that ten years, maybe you'll get yeah. that money recouped. But um, the Angels got to sit down and, and and seriously talk and and you know if that means they cut them and, and they eat it, I mean. 
at a certain point, you're going to just have to cut your losses. And if it's not next year, I mean, it's not going to get better. Yeah, it's so, definitely not going to get better. So I, is it one of those things where you pro- prolong it, or do you just do it like a Band-Aid, rip it off, it's going to hurt, but at least it's over at that point and you can move on? Cause I yeah. Think, that's the big thing is like you're going to have to move on eventually might be better to do it now than um, cuz in 2 years you're still going to be having this conversation and in 3 years you're still going to be having this conversation uh, do you want it or do you want to get it over with and i think you know the angels have that decision to be have to make this off season yeah uh, we'll see it's going to be interesting like we mentioned all right so I'm going to wrap it up for this first half of our show we're going to take a quick commercial break so we can get a word from our sponsors when we come back we got our poll question an email that we received, and a few other tidbits here and there. We'll catch you guys on the other side of the break. Hey, hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did, and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. This is Hook Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. I'm Tory Hunter Jr., and you're listening to the All Angels Podcast. What is up? We are back. Again, thank, uh, thank you to our sponsors, www.groomgoon.com, um, www.epicradiotv.com, and the Alley Cat SoCal on Instagram. That's the Alley Cat SoCal on Instagram. Appreciate your guys' support. You guys check out their uh, websites and their Instagram pages to check out their uh, products. All right, let's get into it here. Uh, pretty good news coming also from, I guess, last week, but coming in this week. Shohei Otani was uh, American League uh, Player of the Week. Uh, this guy, since you know, learning that he has to got recommended Tommy John surgery, has been on fire with the say, bat. Hasn't, hasn't slowed him down. At all. At the bat, he's been, you know, just a just. It just seems like he gets on base. He gets two. He's you no know, two for four in every game, almost practically. You know, he gets a hit. He, it's crazy. And then the power numbers are amazing to me. Uh, what he's been able to do with the limited at bats. Yeah, with the had. limited at bats that he's had. And I got some stats written down here, but I'll get into that in a minute. But player of the week, man, Shohei Otani, well deserved, right? Well, definitely. And you kind of. I'm surprised that he hasn't got it earlier in the year because I'm surprised that one of those weeks where he, you know, might have thrown a great game on a Sunday and then hit, like, you know, home run and got five RBIs in a, later in the week and that wouldn't have got him player of the week just because of the fact that what are they doing? Like, people don't do not do <laughs> right, that. It's un- so, unheard of. Right. So the fact that he's still out here um, with a partially torn ligament in his elbow, but 
yet still be able to, to hit the way he has and be able to uh, get the accolades he, he got now is pretty crazy. It's amazing. So leading into that, we had the poll question, weekly poll question. Dan, take it away. Yeah, so for people that don't know or just listening, we have a poll question every Monday of a podcast. So uh, it'll be about baseball, what's going on in baseball, the Angels baseball, or just something in general. But, you know, with the news of Otani being uh, player of the week, I asked a simple question. Will Otani be named AL Rookie of the Year? Um, you know, simple yes or no question. Um, and not surprisingly, I guess um, – you know, whether people are voting with their heart or their head, I'm not sure. But um, 88% of the people said yes, and 12% of people said no. Um, just for some context, uh, I guess the top, you know, Otani's in the top three uh, AL rookie, you know, uh, people that are up for the award. The other two are Miguel Andujar and Glaber Torres. And just by comparison, I mean, you look at Otani's numbers now, this is not even counting his pitching numbers, which these other guys obviously can't compare to because they don't pitch or haven't pitched. But Otani right now is batting at two as batting at two ninety five, nineteen home runs and fifty four RBIs and nine stolen bases. Um, Miguel Andujar, um, two hundred and forty five more plate appearances than Otani is batting uh, two ninety nine, twenty three RB or twenty three home runs, ninety seven RBIs, and only two stolen bases. And then you have Glaber Torres, uh, one hundred and ten more at bats than. Otani is batting 275, 23 home runs, 70 RBIs, and five stolen bases. So, um, obviously, these guys are going to have better numbers and the counting numbers wise with the home runs and the RBIs because, like I mentioned, you know, Andujar has almost 250 more at bats, and Gleyber Torres has about has 110 more at bats. So, um, the fact that they're even close in, in those stats, I think it's, it's pretty crazy. And you, hopefully, they take that into consideration when it comes to. Uh, time for voting for the uh, rookie of the year. Yeah, I mean it's 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 hard to 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 say that he's got it locked in because right. you, no, you look far, at those numbers I, I from those guys. I think it's far far from a lock. I think for eighty three of those guys to I mean, be uh, great numbers year, for all three of them. Yeah, you know, and I think you know, and again, Otani he obviously he's done pitching for the year. Uh, two uh, four and two with a three thirty one ERA. He has pitched 51 and two-thirds innings and has 63 Ks, which those guys can't do that. But I kind of wonder if it happened so long ago that maybe it's not present in, in the front of the voters' heads. And so they kind of not forget about it, but don't take into consideration, like, how crazy this is that this guy, um, you know, is striking out 63, 63 guys and he's going to have over 20 home runs in, in the same season. It, it, to me, it's pretty crazy. It's 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 crazy. Um as far as what I voted on, I voted, I voted, yeah, right, because I'm an Angels fan, okay. <laughs> but uh, like I said, it's it's to me, it's could be any three of them. Uh, I wanted to touch on um, the whole Tawny numbers situation. Now, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year, um, there was a trade that went down that a lot of fans were very upset about, but it made a hundred percent sense to me. I think it made sense to you, and I'm talking about CJ Crone. Yeah. Now I'm going to touch on this. People were quickly saying, oh, they traded C.J. Crone and he got replaced by Luis Valbuena and Jeffrey Marte. That is not the reason why C.J. Crone got traded. Right. I think in my opinion, C.J. Crone got traded because the Angels signed Shohei Otani. Yeah. And Because it was either going to be him or Albert and you can't yeah. trade Albert. You weren't going to trade Albert with the contract gonna, that he you're had. you're going to have all these guys want to yeah. DH also. Exactly. And, you know, it was just a numbers game. So Albert is... 
obviously, Otani's going to bat. He's going to take a lot of plate appearances at DH. Albert's going to have to move into first base. CJ Crone couldn't play more multiple positions. He's a first baseman. That's all he can do. Right. So he was an odd man out. Now, you switch out CJ for Otani. That's, that's what it was. So here's the numbers that I have. Now, CJ's having a great season, okay? Mm-hmm. He's having a great season. I'm not going to take that away from him. Check this out. 124 games played for CJ Crone. Right. 88 for Shohei Otani, okay? 506 plate appearances for CJ Crone. 304 plate appearances for Shohei Otani. That's 202 less plate appearances for Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. 26 home runs for CJ Crone, 19 already for Shohei Otani, and 200 less at bats. Right. 62 RBIs for CJ Crone, 54 for Shohei Otani. Again, 200 less at bats. 259 batting average for CJ Crone, 295 batting average for Shohei Otani. Angel fans, and any of you guys listening to me out there right now, which numbers, what guy do you want on your team? Now, looking at the numbers, who do you want on your team? Because people were so upset that cj crone was gone and they couldn't understand I the think, trade i think part of that too but, is everyone was worried um with otani because of his spring training and and what he showed at spring training which was complete opposite of what they got now um so they're figuring oh man otani needs another year why not keep crone for that for that instance and i, and I agree with you completely crone uh, good, good but say crone standard that's a really good year for crone from what he yeah. was when he was at the angels um I'm not too sure how Tropicana Field um, plays into plays his, into like, it. Yeah, because even okay, well he's the race, so obviously um, Boston's a little more hitter friendly. New York's definitely more hitter friendly um, than a lot of these parks out here, where uh, Oakland is just a big hole. I mean, yeah, it's I hard to hit a ball out of there. Seattle's also a pitcher's park. Angels Stadium's um, a Angels park. a pitcher's park. Really, the only you know Houston and 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 Texas are more hitter, hitter friendly, but when you look at the AL, AL East, um, you know, I mean, New York is pretty crazy. Yet sometimes you, it's like you get a pop fly and you're yeah. getting one Same out thing there. with Boston. You Same get it up with, high enough. Right. And that, to me, kind of takes it to a little bit of consideration. But, um, yeah, a crone, he's having a good year. I mean, good for him. His average is still kind of about where he normally is, around that 250 mark, 260 mark. Um, but, yeah, kind of the same thing when I was talking with, with the Rookie of the Year guys that are close to him. You know, all the numbers are obviously are going to be higher counting numbers wise than Otani because of just the number at bats. But um, the fact that he's even within you know um, five home runs or you know four home runs of some of these guys and you know maybe twenty RBIs missing all this time is, is pretty crazy. And the fact that oh yeah, by the way, he's also was pitching you know uh, for the beginning part of the year and and that took away a lot of his at bat possibilities. I mean, even if you just Say the injury still happens, but maybe he doesn't pitch at the beginning of the year and he gets those at bats. I mean, it, oh. it, it, the, the, the thing where if he was playing one way, uh, what his numbers would be would be absolutely crazy. You know, damn near twenty home runs and three hundred at bats, near sixty RBIs and three hundred at bats. I mean, you 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 add two hundred more to that, oh, you're, you're looking at close to forty home runs and over a hundred RBIs. Right. So definitely impressive with Shohei Otani. We didn't expect that. We're we knew he was a great pitcher. We knew he was a decent hitter, but we didn't know what, how it would, his bat would translate at the major league level. And, um, you know, I mean, he's made adjustments from, from spring training to now. You oh, know, his, 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 the stride that he used to take, he, he, he takes the stride away. Yep. 
Um, his hands are a lot better. He gets to the zone better. You're starting to see him like, you know, starting to see him uh, hit against left-handed pitchers. Like you said, that comes from getting at bats. Now that Pujols is gone, he's a full-time DH. He's going to have to pitch or bat against uh, left-handed pitchers. And his numbers and are only, only going to get up. I was about to say, that's only going to help him, yeah. too, in the long run, him seeing more left-handed pitchers. And obviously, yeah, he's probably going to be – his numbers are obviously going to be better against righties. Oh, but the fact that if he, if he can just contribute at all against these lefties, I mean, there's no reason to take him out of the lineup. And like we kind of talked about last week, moving to next year, if he's able to DH full-time, that even makes that Albert decision even more kind of critical because you're not going to want to take that, out of, that bat out of the lineup regardless of lefty or righties pitching. Yeah, absolutely. So Shohei Otani continues to impress on the offensive side. Um, even if, like, you know, we talked about last last podcast, if he doesn't pitch next year, his bat will be in the lineup, and it's only going to get – it's only going to be uh, positive for the Angels. Uh, let's get into the email. We only had one email question this week. The Angels are playing a pretty – not you know, teams that weren't, you know, very good. So, you know, I think our, our, our email uh, questions went down there. Just simple simple fact that – you know, it's the White Sox, it's the Rangers. Not much to talk about other than the Shohei Otani winning player of the week and all that stuff. But uh, we did have a question from Lamar Washington. He said, what's good, fellas? Good interview with Torrey Jr. What position does he play? I'm assuming the outfield. And if so, where does he fall on the depth chart since we got guys like Adele, Marsh, and Adams? Um, Torrey Hunter is an outfielder. Yes, uh, corner outfielder. I don't think – I mean, he could play center. He has great speed to play it, but I think realistically you're probably looking at a corner outfielder. As far as in the depth chart, I mean, I think he's still kind of low. There's definitely Marsh is what is up there. We know Joe Adele is up there. Um, uh, Adams yeah. is still fairly Adams young. Adams is you're not, really young. So you're not going to know what he's – I mean, yeah. until next year, um, probably middle of next year to figure out where exactly where he falls in it. So to, to answer your question um, – now here's here's something that was brought up when we talked to I think it was maybe was it Jeff Fletcher no it was uh, Tyler Taylor Blake Ward yeah we <laughs> gotta emphasize that uh, he talked about how a guy like Brandon Marsh might be a guy the Angels may want to flip for somebody right and I yeah be, although I love Brandon Marsh we got to know him with the 66ers on a personal level he's a really cool guy but he's a guy who is not. Who's really good, but you got a guy in Joe Adele who's better, who's got a more better upside, uh, who is probably the guy the Angels want to groom into the next star. Um, so a guy like Brandon Marsh might be a guy that probably maybe the Angels flip for somebody, and then we, you know, in return, uh, that kind of elevates Torrey Hunter Jr. into another. Uh, rung on the ladder for the Angels right. kind of coming I, up. I, I think, honestly, he might be the ultimate um, lotto ticket when it comes when it comes to this kind of stuff because I don't think the Angels are actually expecting a whole lot out of him. Um, but you can see it right away that he has extremely athletic as far as running and covering ground and on the base pads. Um, the hitting needs to come around a little bit more, and, and it seemed like it had at the end of last year. Um, with Illinois Empire, but I think you you have a point there for everyone that he mentioned on the email, and you throw Tori in there. Not all those guys are going to come up with the Angels. One of those guys is going to be, or maybe even more than one of those guys are, are going to be in the major leagues more than likely with another team. Just the way it works, especially especially if you know reports coming out that the Angels are talking or are going to start talking to Trout this off season about an extension. So if that extension 
you know, happens, it's a good chance Trout is tied up for the next, you know, eight to ten years as an angel. So now you, that position is off the board. Center field's off the board. So now um, you can move Joe to, you know, left, left field. Joe. Left field. Um, but then, you know, you can put Brandon in right. But now you have Adam, or you put uh, Adams in right when he develops because Cole still – um, you might want to give him a couple more years, depending on you know with 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 the improvement he had and, and just this season. You might want to keep that around for a little bit longer, but um, there's a good chance, especially if Trout signs out signs that contract, that uh, two of the two of those names that he mentioned in the email um, won't be with the Angels organization for much longer, just because they can use him to flip and get a get a quality pitcher, get a quality third baseman, get a you know um, get a quality. Um, reliever it just there's a lot there's still a lot of holes that need to be filled and you know if you can flip you know one or two of these guys and, and maybe get two prospects back or or, or whatever or two or at least a name back um solid name back it, it'll help the angels in the long run but yeah i don't i don't see all four of these guys coming up with the, with the angels someone yeah. there's gonna be somebody's, somewhere yeah. somebody's going uh you were talking about kahuna a lot of people were talking about oh well they need to move him to first base i'm like that ain't that's not gonna happen for a few years if he decides right. to sign with him because I mean look what he can do in the outfield. outfield. I mean yeah, it's I ridiculous. Know. Yeah, you 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 don't want to put a plus gold glove, you know. A, not yet anyway. Yeah, plus outfielder. You you don't want to put him at a at a position where, um, I mean. Although arm, they did that with Darren Erstad and yeah, it paid but, off, but I mean, but he what is his arm going to do? Throw it from first to home? I mean, because you're taking out your you're taking your best outfield arm out of the outfield. Um. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Even I mean, they even showed when he was struggling defensive or offensively, they kept him in there for his defensive, his defensive, you know, uh, prowess. So unless for whatever reason he, his arm starts to decline, um, I don't see that happening. Like you said, maybe not for another like two, three years, maybe even longer than that. But um, yeah, I don't see that being a move. At least not any time. You know, and if Thice comes up and he's he projects to be what people think. Um, he's going to be your first baseman of the future. So, again, uh, it, it's a lot of ideas that aren't terrible, but it's just kind but of. It's just, but it's just kind of you when you start thinking long term about it. It's like, wait, how's that going to work again? It, it just doesn't seem to work. I think Calhuna first is something you start to talk about once you start to see him kind of decline in the outfield. Right. Maybe his bat's there, but he maybe he's slowing down in the outfield. Or his arm's not, you know, what it used to be. And or then whatever. maybe Thice isn't what everyone. Yeah, yeah. And Thice doesn't pay off. Uh, right. And then then, then, then then you can start really yeah. seriously having that conversation about it. But until then, it just. But I don't think we're even close to that yet. No. Yeah. <laughs> that's still. I mean, three, the te- three, four years away. And then maybe. by then, dude, like the teams are going to look so different. I mean, yeah. every team's going to look so different in, in three to four years. Um, that you know maybe another first baseman they drafted in a twelfth round pick that we don't and no, know, know about, about it. And it's, just, it's just developed and it's like wow. This guy has great power. Yeah. Why would we move him anywhere else? I mean, there's so many things that can happen between now and then. Anything can happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, it's cool to talk about, like you said, but you know, in reality, you think about you know what what you're saying, and you're like, okay, yeah, maybe I need to backtrack a little bit here. But <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I I don't know if you have anything else you want to talk about, anything you want to touch on. I know it's. You know, with the curator big timing us, yeah, um, you know, that kinda... cuts a whole segment out. And now, yeah. you know, none of us want to, you know, try to step into his shoes because that can be kind of impossible at times. But you know, Angels are hopefully keep the streak going because they're playing some pretty tough teams in this next week. Like you said earlier, they started a series today with Seattle, yeah, um, Thursday to Sunday, off Monday, but then they start another series against Oakland. Um, you know, so by the time we have another podcast next week, 
they're going to uh, face both Seattle and Oakland, and, and both those teams are really good. Oakland has definitely has stuff to play for now. I mean, they're they are right behind the uh, right behind Houston. They're three back of Houston, and, and the, the crazy part, they're one game back of the Yankees for that home playoff berth, or home playoff game, and the wild card. But um, hopefully, the Angels are able to keep the streak going and and able to. Um, produce offensively against these much better teams and, and you know, see what happens with that and, and give them a little momentum, hopefully, uh, going into next year. But you, go ahead. No, no, I, was, I agree 100% with you there. It's just uh, you got to try to win these games even though you're not in contention. Mm-hmm. You know, like we talked about spoiler, being that spoiler, spoiler. team. Yeah. Um, but like you said, just winning these types of games with the players that you have on your team now can only give you confidence yeah, into exactly. the next season. Yep. I mean, that's just something that, you know, hey, we want we beat the the ace two out of three with, you know, uh, Fernandez playing first, no Pujols, you know, no Cozart, no, you know, this person or that person, you know, right. guys who are maybe next year going to be in our lineup. It's only a momentum. It only boosts your momentum. So um, these games, you know, as as unimportant as they are, in the same way, they're kind of important, you know. Right. Gives us reason to watch. You know, oh like, yeah, oh, definitely. They're going to beat the the A's and then have them go back six games. You know what I mean? Um, but at the same time, I think I see a lot on social media people like questioning moves right now, and it's kind of funny to me. Why aren't the Angels? Uh, uh, why are they start? Why are they putting uh, Caleb Coward in right now? Or why is he starting today? You got nothing Dude, to lose. You got to see these guys develop one way or the other. For one, you got to give somebody a day off. Uh, so you know, and at what what what. What negative can come of it other than him going over four? I mean, right. we're it's, already it's, expecting him to go for four anyway. Yeah, so it's not going to take you out of uh, playoff contention if he goes zero for five or whatever it is. But yeah, you definitely, especially especially guys like that that are the triple A, four A kind of players. You got to see whether or not they're going to um, maybe something clicks and they start producing, and then they can run that into the um, next season and the spring training. But if they just sit on the bench and don't do anything, they're not going to, you know, you have to get out there and, and get get that bats to get better. And, and sitting on the bench isn't going to help anybody, especially when you're a team that is not, I mean, they're one game out of being mathematically eliminated um, from the playoffs. So um, you have to get these guys in and get these guys having at bats just to see how they develop and, and, and what they can do. Yeah, absolutely. So, Aside from that, man, that's going to wrap up this edition of the All Angels Podcast. Go ahead. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, hit us up at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. That's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Where can they find us on social media, Daniel? Yeah, Instagram and Twitter are both Halo underscore Haven. So both on on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, We'll post, the like I said, the poll question will be on Twitter. Uh, every Monday morning, Monday evening, kind of depending on when I remember to do it. But it's going to be on there, and it'll run until the day of the podcast, which I believe next week we're we're clear for Thursday unless something pops up. But um, follow us on Instagram, on Twitter to find out all that, all that kind of information. And um, subscribe to us on iTunes. We have um, – plenty of interviews on there i mean like can you said we had uh we have jeff fletcher one time we've had gooby on a couple uh once we've had moda trent, moda we've had uh, trent rush a couple of times so um definitely if you're listening to us for the first time thank you and, and subscribe and and go back and listen to some of the other ones yeah. you know we've had a couple of interviews with joe adele brandon marsh some of the guys that my jones the guys that we're talking about now that are yeah. going to be 
um, you know, hopefully angels in the future or at least major leaguers in the future. And it was cool to sit down and talk to a lot of those guys. Yeah, uh, especially. And, and then we had, you know, quick interviews with Nick Tropiano and Matt Shoemaker in there too, mixed in, you know, Griffin Canning and then our relationship with the Inland Empire 66ers. So, yeah, definitely give us a listen. Subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, Google Play, or if you don't have either of that and you're on your computer and you want to listen on Spreaker.com, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com, Spreaker.com. Just type in All Angels Podcast and you'll find us there. Um, so other than that, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Johnny Maggs. I'm Dan Garcia. And thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.